Castiel's <laughs> got to stay around for at least a little bit before, <laughs> yeah. before he goes away. And then that face. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 this, this happened accidentally. I was, uh, I was telling Brian that I, uh, I had like fallen asleep during part of the movie last night. And so I was catching up with it and this is just happened to be where I paused it. And I'm like, this is fitting. <laughs> just having, having him like linger around. <laughs> he's so like he's got... like tentatively approaching a microphone too. Like maybe I'll say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. It's yeah okay. So that's that's important enough to describe. Kurt accidentally paused the movie which we're doing this episode on Wings of Desire, and Cassiel the angel is a character in the film. And Kurt paused the screen, which is like right behind his head on this call right now in this in the shot. And it's just Cassiel like like squinting, looking out of the corner of his eye. At, and there's a microphone. So it really looks like he's on the call with us. <laughs> just slightly judging, possibly. <laughs> just being like all Cancerian and emo. Or not Cancerian, uh, like uh, Saturnian. Right? Saturnian yep. and emo. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, it makes sense that he's judging that that character, like the way that he portrayed Cassiel. I'm like, did y'all look up what planet he was associated with? Because it feels like you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were sitting in the in the cars, and he's like, he's like, he's listening to. I don't know what the name of the other angel is. I think uh, it's, it's in the it's, credits. Yes, yeah, Daniel, I believe. Daniel. Okay. I think like, like Daniel. I think just Daniel. Well, that's <laughs> Daniel's one of the Shens and a watcher. That's true. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if it's but it, that's the difference between like Daniel and Daniel. My name's Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is whether or not you make footprints in the sand, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was funny how Cassiel is like, uh, he listens to him being like, wouldn't it be so great if you could like feel like the weight of like being a body and like being tied to the earth? And he's like smiling and he's like, just do your job, bro. Just do your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Saturnian. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this would be a good conversation because I've been wanting to do this movie for like a long time. And but thinking about I've been thinking about desire a lot lately, like mostly because of so much Buddhist metaphysics in my head for the past couple of years. And mm -hmm. this idea of uh, their stories of like, like masters telling their students, like that you, you know, once, once you are free of desire, like you cannot incarnate, like you have to take on someone else's desire to pull you back down. Mm. Um, and I've been thinking a lot with that and how, um, how a lot of the time, like really brilliant things that are created are done so out of out of some kind of trauma or some imbalance like a lot of the time the drive to even do the thing and show anyone might have some like need for approval or some uh validation hunger in there but like so what happens when you successfully root out some of these maybe um sort of fractured moments that cause these chain of events that make you compelled to create or to do or to create desire that compels you through the world on a trajectory. Like if you, if you successfully kind of absolve some of those within yourself, um, I've, I'm finding that like there's, 
there's a weird period where you feel like you have total apathy or it's almost like registers as a depression because the the impulses that are below those urgency urgencies the ones that actually need like healing attention um they're softer like they're not as loud um but there's this weird period of like depression where you feel like like what do what am i even supposed to do because there's no like desperation and if we're used to um using desperation as your compass then like when it goes away it takes a while to kind of acclimate to that and it's interesting because in this movie i feel like they're actually using like textually speaking the uh the sons of god like the fallen like textually speaking there there really aren't any fallen angels aside from like folk sources um there are the sons of god which are like a taxonomically different species uh, according to the, like the language in the original text so it's almost more buddhist metaphysics in this movie like the desire is what pulls him down and it's like this gradual process that kind of builds and um i guess that was kind of a rant but I just wanted to like kickstart and I thought this would be great to talk to you about because well you do a lot of desire work that seems really important to you and little did I little did I remember that there's actually like the the girl that he falls for is like swinging around hanging from a rope and doing trapeze and things too so <laughs> angels just really like girls that like to hang upside down <laughs> basically angels are just like all men I guess <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting about um, uh, not being driven by desperation, and like, have you have you been finding it that it's more like a soft like river or some kind of like gentle flow that happens through you instead of like, oh my god, I gotta fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot a lot less trying to force things to happen, a lot less trying to force results. Which is interesting because mm -hmm. that's carried over to my magic. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just like, eh, do I really care enough to like force the world to respond to my will about this? Does this thing matter <laughs> that much? Like, um, but yeah, it is. It's almost like there's always been that river there. It's just mm -hmm. when, when everything else is too loud, you can't fall into it. And it is a soft, graceful flow that mm -hmm. there's room in it for joy which is not the case for desperation. Mm -hmm. um, you only get the joy when you get results. Mm -hmm. If there's desperation yeah. as the motivator. Yeah, but like the hit at the end of it where you're like, ooh, cool. Which is that like only lasts same. a couple seconds, got to do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me go check my Twitter likes. Did somebody think I'm clever? It's the same kind of drug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Although Angels. I guess you can be like proud of it if it's something you actually did and not a, a fucking tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There are some tweets that that like I would walk around an art gallery of tweets <laughs> if they were like don't finely curated. <laughs> I yeah, maybe if I knew of the artist and was like actually gonna... actually there was there was an artist that kind of basically did that. And it, well, I don't know if they were, you can call, wouldn't call them tweets exactly, but they were like little messages. Like that was their paintings were like, like texts, like little snippets. I forget who, what who their, their name is or, or anything, but that was a thing before. Was Jack Handy. 
<laughs> no. Okay. I don't know if you remember those old, Jack Footy. Those old Saturday Night Live where they would do like deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Mm. And it would be like, like when you're driving or if you're a young child and you're walking to school and a, and you're in your nice new clothes the first day of school and a car drives by and splashes water and mud all over you. Do you go to school on time and face the judgment and humiliation of being a mess? Or do you go back home and change your clothes and face the humiliation of being late? While he was thinking about it, I turned around and I splashed him again. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that guy's like, it's just a guy named Jack Handy who published a whole book of those and they just picked him up for SNL for a season. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it wasn't a character. even though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just a guy named Jack Handy. Just a dude. <laughs> Which, you know, that, that could be a trick, too. It's the, it's the, like it was an actual SNL writer who then published a book under a pseudonym. And then <laughs> 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 just, like they, they would never take his pitch in, in, the, in the SNL meeting. It's like, no, wait, that's stupid. No one's going to do that. So it just actually made a book and became successful. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of the setting they picked for this like i mean i know it's a german film so it's like and the time period and everything but it's it just seems like almost uh an immaculate conception that it's like let's show all these tiny moments of beauty and let's do it in post-world war ii germany before the wall fell mm. like of all places uh, my wife was like if angels can find this much beauty in that time period in that place like what the fuck should i be complaining about <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah there, there was a lot in this movie that uh made it like made me feel good about being alive as a human i was like oh yeah those things are pretty cool all right fine and, and which like is one of the i feel like it's one of the expertise areas of angels or at least the some of the angels they're really good at being like do you see that one particular icicle right there it's a pretty good reason to live <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> literally so cool <laughs> that was the other reason i thought you would be a good pick for this was um for any of the listeners i'll put it in the show notes too like marissa's done the angel walk you know where you every i think it's every five days ish you conjure yeah. a new angel um of the 72 and it takes a year kurt's done the whole thing too um and uh i think i've probably done about half of them but it's all like been random um, mm -hmm. um but marissa's been recording and like transcribing some of those into posts i don't know how far along you are are you have you I, done them i all finished now? it i finished it oh, in shit. october or december i finished it in december because very much like my angel walk the posts did not line up exactly timed which was one of the lessons of my walk they're like you know you don't actually have to do this like perfectly for it to work we're just like always here so mm -hmm. don't freak yourself out about it um but yeah <laughs> I, fi I finished it in in december so they are all up there that's awesome yeah they're they're really amazing they're i think like some of them are are you know like where you got like a really personal message so you kind of like do a summary or something but some of them are like there are quotes and like mm -hmm. um 
I think that that's something people should actually use if they want to to mess with shem shem angels uh in tandem with a book that says they help with this and this like read Mm -hmm. that sure but then go read one of marissa's posts and like find some kind of cloud of vibes in the middle um i think it helps to go in with that and kind of have an idea of like like well this is something they said to someone else so i have kind of an idea about their personality or whatever Mm -hmm. which is yeah probably basically how all of that happened anyway as like mm-hmm. oh they're good for this it's probably because the, that's just the the overlapping experiences of like 40 different people or something yeah. it's like uh, yeah this tends to be the alignment yeah, yeah that's like the yelp reviews of the angels they're like well they helped me with this so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe they'll be good for you like too <laughs> <laughs> they were on time and very clean Yes. <laughs> Four stars would absolutely conjure again. <laughs> <laughs> they did not judge the cat hair all over my house. It was fun. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that that is uh definitely in my experience one of the best things that they've offered me is like a kind of like just take a deep breath and look at what's right in front of you. Isn't this amazing? It's like, it's great because I don't always have mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) But man, did I sure did have, I I gave up coffee like about a month ago. Well, I started like a month ago and I, um, I have like maybe a quarter of a cup, a couple times a week or something if I'm really tired. But like after the movie, I was so tired and I was like, oh, I got to do the podcast and I'm so sleepy. And I'm like thinking about the scenes of them enjoying the coffee. And I'm like, no, that's going to happen. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> and it was so good. Like the movie helped me to to just kind of nothing else matters. This is just this is a cup of coffee. One day you're going to be dead again and you're not going to be able to drink this cup of coffee. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah, go ahead. Oh, go for it. I was just gonna oh. make a coffee joke. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. Well, I don't wanna I don't wanna rob you of your coffee joke. Um <laughs> there this it's rare that movies are like this life affirming. And mm-hmm. and um it, it it like my favorite part is right when he's about to incarnate is he's just talking about all the things he's going to experience, including like kind of arguing with people and being useless and then like jostling too. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, it's like all of these really minor things that um, even things that, that should be an annoyance mm-hmm. are like, are like amazing because you get to experience that. <laughs> and uh, there's a really valuable, uh, yeah, there's a really valuable lesson in that and in, in finding <laughs> even people that annoy and aggravate you there there's there's it, there's at least something about having your blood pumping and like mm-hmm. having a reaction to it versus just uh I, I it's it's also funny that like one of the first people people he runs across as as a human being he just starts like what is that color what is this like what is like that's that's the first thing that he's he has to like know 
Uh, and well, also that it, it like pain, like blood. He's like excited about that. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. He's like, it has a taste. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, and that's such a common like everybody knows what that is, but but how often do you think about? Oh yeah, it has. There's a very specific taste to it. It's like this, mm-hmm. like kind of dirty metallic, like nothing else really tastes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know of many other movies that are like this. Just sort of. I mean, <laughs> I guess it. It feels very much like. Oh yeah, this is this is a European made movie. There's like a circus in it. Uh, that's like one of the <laughs> for some reason that feels like that's that's a that you got to have a circus in your movie for it to be a fucking European <laughs> film or something. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Uh, apparently Nick Cave, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, speaking of one- the wonders of the world, his hair. Like, I I don't understand how a human being has hair like that. He's like 90% hair. It's really insane. <laughs> Especially as a young man. Like, I yeah. I, I don't I don't get jealous of, of of other people that often, but I'm pretty jealous of that. Like <laughs> it might be an angel on itself. I, I don't know. The yeah. the hair. <laughs> the hair, yeah. <laughs> I mean the widow's peak suggests like some power for sure. <laughs> uh it's only natural. He, he looks like a cigarette, actually, so of course he would smoke. So <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I I looked at the Wikipedia page for the movie right before we got on here, and apparently when he said it in uh, Berlin, he had an idea for putting in some kind of backstory that the angels were trapped there for supporting the humans following World War II, like still being like, no, there's still there's still something here. I think we should stick them out and see what mm-hmm. happens. God's like, fine. Then you're stuck over there. <laughs> <laughs> I really. What do you that. make of them all gathered in the library? It just seems like a good place to hang out as an angel. You're like, I feel like there's so many different opportunities for uh, angels to inspire people in places like that. Like, kind of in a similar way as you can fall down like rabbit, like angel-led rabbit holes. Um, I think in a library, it's very easy to walk past a book and be like, oh, okay, it's this book. I don't know why. And then you flip to the right page. You're like, oh, and you're like, whoa. And you just kind of fall down a library rabbit hole. So it, it seems like an angel playground. That reminds me of uh, Diana Pasulka's whole book encounter thing, right? Where she like opens up Nietzsche to like a certain page and she'd never liked him at all. And then it just hit her at the right time. And it was like the exact words that she like heard earlier that day or something. I forget exactly how it went, but um, I like that she put like a name to that, like a book angel or a book encounter. Um, mm-hmm. But also when you're reading, like you get ideas that aren't from the page, you know, like so much mm-hmm. of it's being filled in and like the angel just means messenger. So it mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a bus depot for ideas at a library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I did find it interesting that they're all wearing like coats and scarves and just like there's dudes walking around. <laughs> but they they when they were talking about the creation story at one point in the movie, they were like excited. They're like, and then humans, and they're like, finally, someone that looked like us. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's just really funny to imagine like angels hanging out in like sweatshirts and sweatpants and just like suits and (laughs) but like it's before humans and they're still wearing scarves and suits yeah they're like when (laughs) is someone gonna come around and like wear this like every every new iteration of fashion is something angels have already done they're like finally we get to see it on humans (laughs) (laughs) they're just like just watching one you know family of deers like whole lineage throughout aeons and they're just like (laughs) finally something pops up that's a little familiar oh i thought okay i thought we were like the odd guys out here i i i like to think of it as a as a uh reverse creative decision for them uh once they cast peter falk they were like oh yeah he he's always looking like this we'll just have all of them look like this yeah that'll be that's how it'll go yeah, I, I really I like that like... he ended up being an angel. That's yeah, really funny. <laughs> well, and I you notice uh when what's his face when when the main guy like incarnates, like he goes into the store and comes out with like a big, very identifiable jacket and a hat. Like it's yeah. like he's following his lead. <laughs> <laughs> the most absurd fucking jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I like that he got ripped off when he sold his armor too. He's like, "How much did you get for it?" He's like, "Nope, you got robbed, but that's okay. You'll figure yeah. it out." Yeah, he's like, "That's okay. That happens too." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, his character—it it, almost—I um, think like that was almost one of the most important parts of the film because it connects like the embodied experience to like oh you can just be someone as like free floating and happy and like go lucky as peter falk is in this like uh that's a that's something a human can do and it shows you like this this wide-eyed wonder the when a child was a child thing that keeps repeating and then it's like but he's like in his middle age and he's still got it Mm -hmm. um that's so cool it goes back to that whole like that message we got when we did the original Angel Scrying group, like the humans in flow are angelic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which really kind of seems like it It almost belongs with being childlike in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hanging out. Just having a good time. Being fascinated by everything. <laughs> Not imposing expectations or structures from our, from the yeah, inside it's, onto it- the outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's freedom because it, there's no, there's no. Uh, if you're actually in flow, you don't. You, it's there's no past or future. It's constant nowness, basically, mm-hmm. and reacting to whatever it is you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, I, I. This very much seems like an angel-sanctioned movie, just because they got it so spot on with the like, because they, 
not not to speak for all of the angels, but many of the angels, especially in the position um, like uh, like Daniel, who are just so fascinated with just like the small moments of living, or just like it's just that they're just like wow, look at this, like this is incredible. It's like one tree branch, and and I think that that's. I think I, I've already said this. That's like one of their one of one of the gifts that they offer to people. But I also think that it's how they help people tap into their desires, because so much of desire work I have found to be like you start at this one like big desire, but then you kind of just like dig underneath and underneath and underneath until you get to like what I really want is just like warm sunlight on my skin whenever I can get it. It's like that's that's why that's why I want to go and make a bunch of money. That's why I want to have all this power and control over my life, so I can just sit on a rock that's warmed with sunlight whenever I want to. It's like okay, well, if you're gonna do magic, do magic for the sunlight rock. Don't do magic for the money and the job and all of the in betweens. Yes, what an excellent point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's profound. I, it's it's almost like uh it's kind of like with anything with us humans you start with something really pure that erupts from, that like arises inside and then through whatever baggage you've got it gets uh unnecessarily more and more complex mm-hmm. as it tries to reach its way out into the world but it's it's really hard because we're used to like experiencing things on those outer levels so most of the time i think we can only see our own it's like that result, right? And then you have to really find the, follow the path, this like winding way down into, I just want some fucking sunlight. Like, (laughs) I just want someone to hold me, you know, (laughs) like those kinds of things. Uh, Which again, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I'm not, I didn't think about this at all until the call, but like, since we've been on here, everything we're saying, I'm like, that's like, 0.5 0.5 grams of mushrooms for me like <laughs> you know just like just that little bit and it's like yes i can stare at this leaf for the next three hours um in total bliss yep. but yeah. yeah i have no doubt that there's some angel mushroom co-conspiring happening well if the materialist explanation of the planet it's like i've probably ranted about this before but uh there wasn't any life on land until fungus crawled up and started eating rocks and making soil and it it moved and changed the land and it facilitated all life on this planet so there's there's part of me that's like how is that not god (laughs) in a weird way Mm -hmm. like um from a certain tier of mythical explanation of the universe, like it kind of is. Um, and if its consciousness doesn't die and it's on many other worlds too, and it just kind of creates and is benevolent and then leaves. Like, yeah. uh, it's really interesting. Nah, that's just a, that's just a psyop by big fungus. That's <laughs> What if I gotta pick a side though? Like, like (laughs) big big corn seems a bit more ominous these days. (laughs) You have t-shirts, big fungus. 
<laughs> big fungus 2024 but we are literally propaganda like like as uh you know um what's his name the the uh paul stamets says like paul stamets, the, yeah. the human body is a fungal body like it's primarily fungal based and it's like all right so <laughs> it's all just it's all just fungus like all the way down <laughs> like life here I mean, plants well, didn't necessarily evolve from fungus, but like they only they co-evolved. It's, yeah, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that weird until you realize that it's not only completely conscious and coherent, but has an incredible vocabulary and an amazing sense of humor. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, what's happening? I feel like that's one of the main things that like materialists are missing out on. It's just like more opportunity for more jokes. I'm like, bro, if you've never heard a mushroom tell a joke, you're like, it's this whole world of humor you're missing out on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the one I told on the episode with the Tremors episode. If you haven't heard it, just go listen to that episode. But it's like the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. My friend, like, was tripping and thirsty and like going through this whole like from the beginning of time going to different planets until it finally landed on earth and then eventually ended up in my friend's mind and was like i've been waiting for that gatorade for a while can you want you want to go get that gatorade for me now like (laughs) since the beginning of time like (laughs) like the whole trip the whole amazing experience he had was just a setup for that punchline that's amazing that kind of makes me like the like just it's a deva right like it's some kind of helpful benevolent being that's far greater than us it's so easy to get lost in like the taxonomy stuff it's like are we speaking about like a species or are we talking about its sort of rank or role or its intention or Yeah, I I feel like I I fell down that rabbit hole with um with angels too, like trying to figure out like how many different kinds there were and like where they all came from. And I'm like, who is someone in charge? I'm like how, like just how many different like levels are there to this? And then at some point, it's like I don't think there's any concrete answer. I'm like I don't know how much this fucking matters, <laughs> except. And like, can I say hello to you? Do you say hello back? Do you want to be friends? Cool, we're friends now. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um. I mean that. I guess that's sort of a chaos magic way to do things. I, it's also on the back on the Pasulka train, like how like studying religious belief without making a judgment call on whether or not it's like real or not it's almost like applying that to spirit relationships it's like i i know that you are and how you are so mm-hmm. the what is almost Im- implied mm-hmm. yeah and I, I feel like any like they kind of reveal themselves as they want to be known also like any of the individual angels that you make friends with or groups of angels because 
Yeah, anytime I would try to ask the Shem, I'm like, so they're like, one of you or like all of you? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so it's like in order to kind of try to like nail them down into being like an individual or a group or whatever, kind of takes away some of their opportunity for being able to help um, or ha being able to show up however, however it is that they want to show up because... Sometimes it's really cool to have 72 dudes show up to, like, back you up. And sometimes you just need one. But you can, like, send the call out be like, I don't know who is the best for this job. But one of you, please, or as many of you as you think is necessary, please come help me <laughs> with this. Yeah, that's funny enough. That's uh, mostly what I do, too. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I will experiment just to get to know different individuals in there, but... Uh, I usually use the St. Michael and all angels. And then I'm just like, whichever of you are best suited to this task, uh, mm -hmm. who are willing and able. Um, it's it's really just Michael with 72 wigs. It's <laughs> the, the real truth is what's going on there. It's like, good thing time's not real for me. These dress changes are killing me. <laughs> I mean, it, it is funny because, like, I, I'm, I, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't ask those sort of questions much anymore because I, I think because I had, I don't know how much any of that actually helped. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, and if I really reflect on it, it's like, well, what, what does that do for me if I did know <laughs> how any of that. Like, what am I going to do with that information? I, <laughs> I it's so yes. it's so easy at first to be like, it's like, but I want to know. Or like, it might reveal to me like the entire structure of the entire universe. Like, if you guys are what the universe is made of, and if I know how you work, then I know how the universe works. And the whole time I was trying to go down this hole, I could just hear the angels being like, okay. We'll try to explain this to you. There's no way you're ever going to get it. We will try, but there are way better things that you could be focusing on right now. But we'll try. <laughs> we will try to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was basically like a experience I had where I I was I was in a deep psychedelic state and I was I was connected to it was the, I don't know if it was an ancestral being or what exactly, but I was like. I asked some very basic, like, what is the meaning of this question or something like that? And it was just basically like, here's a kaleidoscope of colors, you dumb fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do <are> you? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the answer too, but like, what are you going to do with it? Like, <laughs> You got to ask for it in plain English, bro. <laughs> I probably wasn't plain English. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> well, and usually when you ask for it in English, they hit you with one word. They're like love. And you're like, yeah. okay, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fine. In a lot of ways, going to angels is kind of like, like let me just make sure that there isn't any way that I can't just do this for myself, because they will like point you in that. It'll be like the obvious kind of like, like giving eyes at the elephant in the room when you're mm -hmm. like. They show up and they're like, you already know the fucking answer. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I was afraid you'd say that, but I had to hear it from somebody. Yep, yeah, exactly. 
And I feel like they're more than happy to point it out. They're like, it's that. This was a really easy question. Thanks for asking. It's that elephant right over there that you're <laughs> not looking at. <laughs> love. Oh, great. Well, now I just, I guess I'll meditate on the word love for the next two weeks and the answer will come. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I found it really fun that, um, like, they were so interested in the somatic work that I started doing, too, because I feel like that's a big part of how they can communicate a lot of the answers to those questions, too, is kind of like through some kind of feeling that moves through the body. And I, I have found that um, knowing the way that the answers to some of those questions feel in my body is way more helpful than having any kind of like word or like intellectual grasp on the concept. Because then it's just like, it's like a, a place I can kind of shift myself back into to remember how magical the world is. For a while, uh, for like the past year, actually, uh, I thought that a decrease in like visuals when I would do spirit work was uh, a sign of something gone wrong. And mm -hmm. it's only it's taken like over a year to figure out that actually you've just progressed to where this stuff is more embodied. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually has been I'm not saying it's this way for everyone, but for me, it's been like a slow process of getting all this shit unclogged that's been keeping me sort of in that sort of overly thinky state where you are like, well, if I just study the angels with my rational mind, I can figure out the universe instead of having to experience something to have true knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, I mean, like got a fucking side with, I think it was Socrates who hated the written word and said it was just like tricking people into thinking they had knowledge they didn't actually have. Yeah, and, that, yeah. Written language is the was the original iPhone. Like, it's yeah. gonna ruin the kids. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, look at us now. So, who's to yeah. say? <laughs> He's probably onto something for sure. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's that's interesting. Would okay. So, um, I've I'm I've had a similar trajectory, but I'm curious. Do you feel like this the embodied? sensations you get do you feel like there's do you feel like there's quote-unquote information that you can draw from that or our further understanding or is it just about experience for the most part the the understanding that i've been coming to is that like uh the sensations that i find in my body a lot of the times are related to um emotions particularly things that are that feel kind of like stuck in my body and um, what I've been resisting lately is that there's a difference between like noticing a sensation and then immediately jumping back up into the intellectualizing of it being like, oh, I'm feeling this tight sensation in my body, probably because I'm holding in anger about like this particular thing mm -hmm. that I know that I'm upset about. But there's a difference between that and like rolling over onto the floor and like screaming and like writhing around and like shaking it out like that is the actual like full arc of what's happening in the body um and i so and and i think from that you can gain a, a better understanding of yourself and like what you have been holding on to and what you're experiencing and how you um are interacting with the world but in order to get that you have to actually like let yourself <laughs> 
roll over and do the screaming, which mm. I've resisted plenty of times because I live in an apartment building and I don't want people to be like, what the fuck is wrong with that bitch up there? <laughs> That's really interesting to like let let the feelings express themselves. Mm-hmm. And that can be scary because you don't know where that's going to take you. Yeah. 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 But, but I think that, that letting it take you there, that's where you get the like. Yeah. Of rather of than knowing. like, an, rather than like a, a little dribble release that takes a week or two, you yeah. just fucking do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, what, and longer, like, than, longer than that, probably. Yeah. Well, and and it, it's, yeah. and it's been really well, interesting. I, I give my spirits Red Bull. So. <laughs> so it goes really fast. <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting to try to I'm I'm in this space where like I I'm noticing this stuff and I'm noticing exactly what my body wants to do and noticing myself not letting it do that and then tracking the way that my body is going to release this anger anyways in some form of like discomfort or like what could be considered like illness or disease. I'm like, damn it, I should have just screamed. this is what i'm like there's so much more suffering here instead of just like just yell dude like grab a pillow and yell no one no one cares and there's there's that feeling of like i don't want to put this on other people so i'll just bottle it up but like Mm -hmm. then when you get sick later or have a like a breakdown later like there are people that suffer consequences then too um (laughs) often it's less asking people to bring you soup instead of like i'm gonna scream really quick Right, right. They they have they don't have the you might not have the warning that it's coming either. Like you, mm-hmm. it's not on your terms then, um, but it still has to get dealt with. Mm-hmm. So it's like either way, you're going to inconvenience someone. That's just what being on Earth is about. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to take up space. That's why you have a body. Like, can't disappear into the infinite nothingness until you die. <laughs> it can be it can be real hard to to be comfortable believing you're allowed to take up space. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that all of that is like really fascinating because like that is that's a distinctive process in the martial art I practice, too, is that after you've done it long enough, you have I mean, they they call them spontaneous movements, but you'll have these things that just start to emerge from the practice that are like trembling or like sometimes very dramatic, like you, you fold over at the waist and you just, your, your body is just like, you're going to do this right now and you might resist it, but, but you just sort of are compelled to do it. Um, and I, I actually was talking to someone who does, who like, they do a, a different sort of like somatic release process. And, and, and the thing they said was like, I kind of believe the body is the subconscious. Like they're mm-hmm. like, more or less one of the one of the same and i think there's a lot of truth to that and the and it's actually it's interesting to hear you talk about like not going back into the the mental the chatter Mm -hmm. as some people would say like don't like don't turn it back into story Mm -hmm. because because you're not actually you're not actually releasing that thing Mm -hmm. that's just you're just you're recreating it you're restructuring it in another way and mm-hmm. so sometimes it's it's it might actually be better if you're like I don't know why I've got a twist all the way to the right right now I don't know what that's in relation to I don't know if it's because I was yelled at as a kid or something like what it doesn't matter it's yeah, like, it literally doesn't matter <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's like and and that's and part of it a lot of it is like 
these are unfinished processes that were just never resolved. Mm-hmm. And so like a big part of this is like you resolve it and then it doesn't, it's not going to burden you and change into something worse mm-hmm. yeah. later on. Like fester inside of you. Yeah. 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 The, and I think, I think that we've tried to, that like there's some way that we understand this just in the way that the therapy model works where you kind of like are given the space to like say things that have been left unsaid, but like the talking, it doesn't get all of it out of you and it doesn't move all of it through you because the, there may have been things that your body wanted to say, but there were also things that your body wanted to do and things your body wanted to feel and shapes your body wanted to take. So it's important to get into those as well and allow your body to fully express itself because otherwise we're just like kind of like half empty and then you have to keep going back to therapy and you're writing this whole grand story about like, look at all of these things and you're holding on to them and carrying them around because they're still in you like they haven't completed the process hasn't completed and it's it's also it's also very strangely like it can be fun and curious when you're just like i don't know why the fuck my body wants to do that but that that's gonna happen now and there's almost like a, a freedom in being able to move away from the story and not try to be like this is because my mom didn't love me or because this person in third grade made fun of my hair. Like it, it doesn't matter because you're not going to carry, you're not going to carry it anymore. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I'd get locked up if I let my body express itself freely. (laughs) Like, like, especially here, people would just think I was, no one would talk to me. Like they would think I was insane. Like people are like statues out in public a lot of the time compared to Mm -hmm. the expressiveness of like American culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I've always been someone who's like, I want to sit and stretch and move and play drums on my knees and make weird sounds. And like, uh, it's really strange. It's like, it's like, I feel like those things are happening on like a a spirit body level sometimes Mm -hmm. where I'm it's like I'm doing them but I'm not doing them with my physical body Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and that does help a lot to not feel like there's so much pent up Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it's it it sounds like you need a black box theater that's what you need just you can you can charge eight dollars for your (laughs) (laughs) avant-garde yeah yeah I mean, and, and it, it did come out like the last time, almost like four and a half years ago or so, the last time I did like a, a a big mushroom journey was it all came out. Like I was tying myself in knots, like uh, felt like full on like tantric awakening type shit where it was just this beam of energy going straight through me. And I had to, it was like fully locked up, like um straining every single muscle like so tight but moving in these like strange um ribbon like ways uh and then i ended up like on the ground twisting around in the dirt and i'm like got my head behind my my legs behind my head and it's just it's just the weirdest shit but i couldn't it was like if i stopped i would die like that's what it felt mm-hmm. like it's like this stuff has to come out now mm-hmm. <clears throat> interestingly like two weeks ago too i had another i had 
I had COVID again. I didn't get tested because they, they don't even do that here anymore. But, um, and I know it because nothing else feels like fucking COVID. And it, it like, it did the same thing it did the first time. It just wasn't nearly as severe. And it, it was like spots on my body that had stored trauma were like attacked by it and they hurt really fucking bad. Mm. Um, like a spot on my neck where I have a pinched nerve from a car wreck. And then I got one in my like hip where my, where your IT band connects to your hip. And I was like, what is going on here? And just ached so fucking bad. So I kind of stopped everything I'm doing and I'm just like, all right, you get attention now. And I, I started massaging it gently and then a little deeper and a little deeper. And then I start getting like flashes, like, like a bad editing job on the worst years of my life. And Mm. I start having like just totally random, but like probably over a hundred little moments of trauma and misery when I was a drug addict and like finally towards the end, like I'm like crying and I'm a mess. And like, and then I remember one time waking up confused and my leg was like half asleep and I had like fallen. I like passed out on drugs like Saturday night palsy but uh on like a lighter or something in my pocket directly on that spot and slept on it mm-hmm. all night and my leg was like numb on the side for a week mm. this was like eight and a half years ago mm-hmm. and yeah. I had no idea that that spot even hurt uh I had mm-hmm. no idea there was stored trauma there I'd forgotten that I'd fucked myself up like that and getting sick enabled like it was enough of a shift in consciousness and and manipulate and like push the weak buttons of my body it'll be like you got to take care of this now i don't like like, how about that how about a positive covid story (laughs) 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 start start spreading covid propaganda it's like actually covid is like a shamanic healer so (laughs) we should be we should be grateful the opportunity oh no i hate that stuff <laughs> i want to tell i want to i want to say that it has been my experience that every single sickness i've ever had in my life was a shamanic healer mm-hmm. if if you don't like if you're not using your colds and flus and shit and your maladies as like an an opportunity to be in an altered state and to access stuff that you normally can't number one you 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 immediately clear out some space for it, right? You're like, oh, I can't do these things because I'm sick. So then you have extra to do other stuff with. Uh, I, I'd suggest trying it. Not you guys, the listeners. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if the flu isn't a trip, make it one. I, I mean, that I is that my is last sick opportunity. Models. Wait, oh, I'm sorry, Marissa, what you were I, saying? I use my last sick opportunity to catch up on Adventure Time, not all the way, but that feels like. There's some there's some healing there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> there is that that's like a um restore imagination type show. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, as I was watching it, I could kind of feel yeah, more imagination space like opening up. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm just going to be a blob and live in this world over here because there's a lot of crazy there there was some um 
there was one of the episodes, I think it's like the end of season six, where some like interdimensional being like recognizes Finn. And Finn's like, I'm gonna go back to the Earth. I'm like, wait a second, hold on. Are we gonna dig into this deeper Finn interdimensional? What? Hold on. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm I'm good being a human. Like, okay, that's fine. This show is just like tiny little pieces of like the biggest, most world-changing lore ever in like a couple seconds. I'm like, okay, fine. I guess that's all I'm gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> and then three cute episodes after that that don't yeah. do any of that stuff. Yeah. But like, like here's, even a, the here's a land of everything that's like, made of pillows. <laughs> they're not like it, they don't even feel like filler. Like, like I don't feel like I'm like, ugh, this in between like mind expanding lore. I'm just like watching it and being like. Okay, this is an interdimensional being having fun in a pillow land. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that episode <laughs> fucked me up where Finn had that whole family and the the like wife and kids. Yeah. Oh, and then yep. he just comes back. I'm like, that's a that's straight up abduction experience. Mm-hmm. People have that shit happen to them. Yep. And then you just just keeps living, just keeps adventuring. <laughs> 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 that's often their attitude towards everything is like well fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah the crazy the, what's it like uh, what's the, the dog the companion shit oh, Why am Jake. I, Jake yeah he has like he has like kids mm-hmm. and yeah. they're like barely apart <laughs> like yeah. not really a main part of the narrative at all they just sort of grow up rapidly <laughs> yeah they age so quickly he's just like what you're in your 20s now what when did that happen <laughs> i think that's just like how you have to write jake being a father without him being a deadbeat dad mm-hmm. it's like they have to grow up like that or he's just gonna be the worst father because <laughs> yeah. he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants all the time <laughs> Yeah, that show really gives you permission to just like, oh, oh, I don't have to make things that I'm dreaming about make so much sense. I'm not mm-hmm. going to share this with someone else necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so what exactly, like... I, w- I want to hear you explain what somatic sex therapy even is. Mm. It's called it's called somatic sex education, and the education okay. part of it is important just because the um, goal, the aim, is to teach people and then get them like like I want to give people tools and then get them away from me and back out into the world. Like I don't I don't want you to need me in the way that people kind of form. Um, dependent relationships on with their therapists where they like need their therapist and only their therapist um so the aim the overarching aim of somatic sex education is to increase uh the amount of pleasure that one person can experience with their bodies in their lifetimes um in order to do that we have to make the traverse through all of the bullshit that comes at different points in our lives, in our bodies, that makes us think that we don't deserve pleasure or makes us think that we, like, 
somehow can't access that level of pleasure, uh, makes us confused about what it even is that our true desires are. Um, so for the most part, uh, where we start is we start with figuring out um, what we are a yes to and what we are a no to with, uh, and we use Betty Martin's wheel of consent in this because the in her wheel, there's a breakdown of uh, different dynamics that you can have with another partner in which um, you're touch one person will be touching another person, but there's a difference between you touching another person for them and you touching another person for you. And you can take the reverse too. There's a difference between receiving touch for yourself and receiving touch for someone else. So an example of this is um, if you are touching someone for them, and they are receiving touch for them. That would be like classic, like massage. Like someone's asking, so the person that's receiving has asked, like, I have a tight spot in my shoulder. Will you rub this tight spot in my shoulder out? The person giving the touch says, yes, I would love to do that for you. The reverse of this, where someone who is, someone is receiving touch, but the person giving touch is who, is, who it is for, is the person giving touch asks someone, hey, can I touch your butt? I really want to touch your butt and like play with your butt. And the receiver says, yeah, sure. That's fine with me. You can touch my butt. Um, but while the butt touching is happening, the receiver is like noticing um, if at any point they're uncomfortable or if they're like, they're like, I'm now I'm done being touched. Like I, I don't want to give you access to my body anymore. Um, but they are not like, Hey, could you move to the left? Could you move to the right? Like, I really want you to touch me like here or there. The, person doing the touching it's for them so they get to touch and explore the butt in whatever way they want to <laughs> does that make sense yeah 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 you should just so, call it that exploring the butt methodology is exploring what you the butt <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard to not laugh when you picked a butt because it all sounded so <laughs> professional until i just pictured somebody like kneading cheeks yeah exactly that's like <laughs> <laughs> just get naked yes <laughs> <laughs> and like because a lot of the time when i've encountered like i've wanted to touch people's like faces for myself mm -hmm. before but like most of the time i want to touch someone's butt if it's for me <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the cheeks i guess <laughs> And so that... from from there you can you you kind of start to notice different places and different areas in your life where uh you've been doing things that you thought were for you but were for other people mm. or that you didn't realize were for other people that you were kind of just like I guess I mean I'm expected to do, to do this or like I've been told that this will bring me pleasure I'm kind of waiting on the day when that happens but I'm just going to keep doing it instead of being given permission to like you don't have to like this. This doesn't have to be the way for you. You can do whatever it is that you want and then follow that actual desire. Um, and from there, like, if you start actually doing what it is that you want and what it is that you desire, you immediately find more pleasure in your life because you're actually doing what you want to do. Mm. Yeah, being really honest with yourself about the, the line there is uh, super important. I mm -hmm. think 
uh, I know for myself, spending years in food service where it's like you're expendable, no one gives a fuck about you. Like, if you show up late, you just may as well go find another job because like you're not actually worth anything to us. And and you you know that they remind you of it constantly. Um, the whole system is designed to like keep you like the way that it's structured is like you're never unaware of the fact that you're expendable. So there's and in a lot of corporate jobs there's there's even like the um instructional like it is part of your daily duties to pretend to be happy and to um like they even have that on paper like as part of your job description to greet mm-hmm. the customer with a smile to fucking do all this bullshit. And I think that that literally fractures our souls mm-hmm. over time. Um it sounds so extreme to say like <laughs> serving tables will fracture your fucking soul. It's true. <laughs> It does it slowly over time, um, like water eroding stone, but it does it. And uh, and it makes it a lot more difficult to tell why you're doing things when you've, you're adopting a persona that does like those things because that is what is expected. Like when you're forced to actually change the honesty with which you're operating in order to maintain like a even a good job, a well-paying job, that still sucks. But mm-hmm. for just peanuts, I mean, it. there's a lot. I think everyone has a lot of work to do in these areas because these these lines are self-evident until someone blurs them for you or forces mm-hmm. you, your hand to blur them or whatever. Mm, that's that's interesting because it's like how much how much of people like hating money cat capitalism whatever is just just boils down to this feeling of like i don't there's nothing that i want to do that's making me money that i'm will i'm actually desire there's no actual desire or consent to any of this shit that i'm doing and mm-hmm. that's the problem more than like oh the fucking system's terrible yes but there's there's some there's 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 that deeper thing of like it's really li- like i'm I'm in a position where I, I'm not in alignment with anything that I'm actually getting paid to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I I would think that that has a huge part of it. It's like, you literally can't pay me enough to pretend to be that until okay. like something happens where it's like now, now I must. And a lot of the time I think it's for, for other people that we do those things because like like for kids or loved ones or family members that it's like okay now that there is the well-being of someone that i cherish on the line i am much more willing to sacrifice myself for whatever amount of money that you're gonna fucking pay me but if it's just like me (laughs) my body Mm -hmm. uh, nope there is not enough money that you can fucking pay me (laughs) i will figure it out (laughs) the sun will rise tomorrow and i will find a rock Yep. <laughs> it it is it is funny sometimes that 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 is literally what it takes. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it is sort of this. And, and sometimes I think it is is that like, oh, my desire is actually to sacrifice for some. That's actually the that's actually what motivates me is like mm-hmm. suffering for someone else so mm-hmm. that I'm a good person. So that like it takes having a family. That's kind of a dark way of putting it, but I think. I think there is something in there like like the 
like not willing like what it's sort of a weird thing where it's like you're not finding yourself important enough to actually do something i don't mm. know if that's quite making sense i think i think it's that you do find you find yourself important enough to not participate in the bullshit and you're like i will find a different way it is harder and it can be harder to not participate in like maybe what like what could be considered quote unquote the easy way to get money and make a living, but I don't even think that that's true now anymore. Um, but I, 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 I think I think it comes down to like um, it seeming like the only way to take care of the people that we love is to start to play the game and start to get the money and start to do the thing. But even then, I think we take better care of the people that we love when we take care of ourselves. And don't sacrifice to the big system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you make those compromises, like you're not as happy, you're not as good to be around. Mm -hmm. But there's that feeling of if you're going to do something that you love, if you have a dream, something you actually want to be engaging with, it's usually going to be, and you feel that compelled. Like usually it's it's going to be something that's harder or there's more struggle or it's less secure financially. Mm -hmm. And all of those things, maybe you can deal with them. Maybe you're cool with that. But like, mm -hmm. if you've got other people depending on you, there's this constant projection of like, you're imagining those people thinking, why are you putting us through this and fucking around mm -hmm. with your dream? Why don't you just <coughs> suck it up and do what's right for everyone or what's best for everyone? And the weird thing is a lot of the time they might not even be thinking that. Yeah. Um, yep. They they might actually just be like believing in you and patient. Yep. They're like, I I'm on board. No, totally. On board. Like I'm good. <laughs> the uh the most positive version of this I've 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 heard is actually um Alan Moore when he was starting out. He was like he he was he was writing, but he was also like doing odd jobs and stuff. And then um, the woman he was with got pregnant, and he was like, "Oh shit!" And and his thing was like, "I am not gonna be a dad who's miserable and gave up on their dreams for their fucking kid. Mm -hmm. I need to be like, if I if this is actually what I want to do, I need to be I need to live up to that so that the kid I have." doesn't have a fucking miserable role model for yeah. their life <laughs> so like that's like the most positive version of that that i've that i've heard of mm -hmm. and, it's, and uh it's, it's funny it's like it's like oh i i'm going to raise the stakes on myself so that i will not back out of like I, i'll stop pretending Mm -hmm. and just be a, a dilettante about this stuff like if this is actually supposed to be my dream then yeah the dad who gave up on his dreams is a distant bitter dad by a certain age yeah yeah period there's some degree of like distance there that wouldn't be otherwise because they're even if it's not direct resentment there's this lingering well, it's it's the never got to finish that action feeling. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying earlier. They need to roll around and scream. <laughs> yeah. Imagine seeing fucking like 
hipster dad bods, like just a whole class of like broskies just rolling around and crying and screaming. I would love that. So it would be so beautiful. I guarantee you there's stuff like that happening right now, just because of the way that uh, like there's been like there's an area of the healing culture where somatics is like very popular and like uh, the different kinds of trauma release modalities are popular, like like in the same way that uh, ayahuasca kind of had its like it has its glamour, this this stuff because of the the way that it looks so extreme or can look so extreme has its own kind of glamour to be like yeah bro let's go like roll around and like scream together but like that's cool i want that for the world i want i want for there to be piles of people just like rolling around screaming together and then like hugging each other afterwards and be like cool we're still humans yeah there's nothing wrong with novelty like it's the problem is that we're addicted to all the unhelpful novelties I think if if we had more options, people would probably gravitate towards things that, like, when they were done with it, they felt liberated and and relieved and happy and centered. But Mm -hmm. uh, you have to, like, really fucking dig to find those activities in the world. And one of the spaces that I feel like like kink spaces are one of those spaces that exist where people can kind of like it 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 depends on how people play because um there are some people and there's nothing wrong with playing for like the fun and the joy and the like sexy like sensation of it but there's real opportunity in kink spaces for doing some like very serious play and getting into like big body release stuff like the um one of the king spaces here is like a big like converted horse arena like 30 minutes outside of town like away from everyone and it's one of the only spaces that i have actually been able to scream like the kind of scream that comes from like the bottom of your pelvis and just all the way up and out of your mouth and it was the first time that i had ever screamed like that i was like holy shit all right cool that like we need places like this in the world because otherwise like you're gonna get the fucking cops called on you you're like i was just feeling a feeling guys like there's no big deal i know it sounded like i was being murdered it's probably what it felt like but i'm fine so please don't show up to my house yeah but i don't know how to get those in I actually I did a I did a, a a workshop in town at a music venue and there were a couple of people that showed up and we screamed like that, which was that was cool. But we need more, more things like that. See, for me, it's things like um like the first time I was ever on a subway, which was in my twenties. Like I wasn't a child. <clears throat> like we were in New York. Well, it wasn't the first the first time I was on the fucking metro, and like. The f- we go into this in into the train and like I'm like oh there's bars up top so I just hang upside down immediately like for my legs because it just it didn't occur to me that that wasn't socially acceptable because we were in a place that's a fucking circus but and no one cared because it's New York mm-hmm. but it was just this feeling of like oh I I really should be getting weird looks you know I was in my twenties I was drinking a lot I didn't care that much at the time I wouldn't fucking feel comfortable doing that in Denmark but. I should like you should be allowed 
to just do whatever the fuck you want unless you're hurting people. And mm-hmm. those invisible expectations of normalcy are like a scourge upon reality. I, I look around. This is how it's been my whole life. Like I look around and I'm like, how do these people just walk around stiff and 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 don't move? And mm-hmm. they really only flap their fucking jaws like most of the time. Humans. It's. Uh, I, I yeah, I just wish people were more openly weird and not for attention, you know, not mm-hmm. for for trying to create some idea they have of themselves, but just uh, pure and honest expression, yeah, which the play you don't even it. you don't even find that like um, in, in like art form, in, even in art forms where that's supposed to be what it is. Like you can still pick up on these whiffs of like, this is for attention. This is some crazy drive they have. Or, or maybe it's something like um, pre-prescribed or whatever, and and you get like glimpses of it, but there isn't a whole lot of just like the f- the free flowing, pure. There's there's so much energy devoted to like how people are thinking of you, like bandwidth at any given time, mm-hmm. and that has to be broken down and reabsorbed before you can be fully centered to like access those things. Yeah. What what do you identify that as like some kind of shame? Or what word would you use to like package that phenomena up? Shame's a good one. I, I think just general It's like the fear of being singled out or the fear of um being a pariah or cast out. I, th- I think when someone looks at you and they're like, you're weird. Like that's one of the worst feelings in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I hate you. I hate you can make a valuable enemy relationship even where you, mm-hmm. you get something out of that. Like Batman and Joker loved each other, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think just a general, like, uh, w- I wonder how much ancestral trauma goes into that too, because historically speaking i think we're freer now to be weird than we have been in a while uh culturally there were times where just you know not like working on the sabbath like could get you Mm -hmm. fined like (laughs) you could you could be killed for being weird and i wonder how much of that ancestral trauma sits with most of us Mm -hmm. it's a pretty urgent emotion Right. Like if you're afraid that people are going to make you a pariah or cast you out, that that's like a priority. Like you're you're putting focus on that and you're you have to be aware of it because it feels like life or death. So even in in death, those patterns probably sift their way to that priority level through the mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's some like roundabout way of ancestors trying to show their love and care for you is like whispering in your ear they're like don't be weird you're gonna get gonna get fucked up if you're too weird but there's probably there's some like opportunity for sitting with the ancestors who were weird and lived with like putting them in a room together with the ancestors i'm like we can't do that we will die it's like you you won't also you're already dead but like it's fine <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like maybe call in <laughs> you can have like different sort of levels of uh removal like calling in the ones that are really healthy in that way 
mm-hmm. to be yep. influential to both you and the others. And then mm-hmm. asking the the ones who aren't good with it to be distant, not affecting you, but paying attention. Mm-hmm. The, I uh, have been working on a somatic sex education ancestor healing ritual with sexual shames and shames around pleasure that is that exact idea exactly how you described it calling in the the well and like lineage ancestors of like sex of sex practice like priestesses or ecstatic saints or like the other day i did it and i had pirates show up as part of my like ecstatic like very much comfortable and with with their pleasure like no shame just following their heart's desires like okay cool pirates um that's and as a big fan of pirates i mean that's i'm I'm jealous it was was really cool because when i I wrote the prayer i was having all of these newly formed relationships with the ecstatic mystic saints so like lots of catholic imagery was coming up for me and lots of like temple like egyptian temple priestess or like greek temple priestess um it was a lot of that vibe so to have something that wasn't that at all like not not in any kind of like uh ritual or religious context but pirates um as ancestors <laughs> of pleasure <laughs> it was very very cool but the I never Sorry, so the ahead. so the it calls in those ancestors and then um the whole session is me um the the client guiding me through what kind of touch their body would like to receive and through that touch generating uh, this like energetic sacrament of uh, the the heat or the breath or like anything that is like in the space kind of creating the sacrament that to then give for the healing and the liberation of the ancestors who could not access pleasure in their lifetime or were burdened by shame around pleasure in their lifetime and it's being handed over to them through the well ancestors. So there's like this very much this like barrier around um, around the client and the space, so that the the unwell or other otherwise in weird relationship with pleasure aren't like feeding off of the space. They're just like receiving the sacrament, and that's what's being workshopped right now. That's, that's brilliant. My, that's my project for my course. It's brilliant and like really well thought out. Well done. I'm I'm excited to see that when it's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. What about the uh, the one ancestor that is like the aunt that their whole thing is like they get off on judging everybody. So like that actually is their <laughs> <laughs> that's their kink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's complex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to refer you to an ayahuasca ceremony. Is what I'm going <laughs> to. Like, nope. This is this is what she does. This is this is, her thing. <laughs> this is, this is what she likes. <laughs> it, that reminds me of like like people people like lovingly roasting each other if there's like that kind of like judgment mm. behind it i'm like if you're doing that then like you're fine you could stay but if you're trying to like tear people apart you gotta you gotta go somewhere else you can't stay here <laughs> <laughs> i think all of this is so important and it's it's partly like i've even i think it's so important and it's been a, like desire in general and how there's a difference between urgency and 
that relaxed, like knowing of just kind of, this is a thing that I do. Um, it, it's even made me like um, kind of uh, careful about which prize spirits I I'm working with now, because I'm mm. like anyone that feels like it could maybe create some kind of obsession or trigger those kinds of things and others like I'm not willing to have much to do with mm -hmm. uh, I've like I've experienced other people's really very powerful uh, obs obsession based spirits that kind of find the anxiety in you and exploit it mm -hmm. and like that's not fun at all and I don't I don't ever want to be the reason that someone else has to feel that way um, it's it's interesting it's I think it's important to remember that like those that stuff can be really fragile. Like someone could be just right on the edge of like, like uh, relapsing into addiction or something. And if you trigger some other form of craving, it can then translate into that. And yeah, I think, I think that that's, it sucks that it's a fucking fringe topic to understand stuff like this. Like you're either a, a like educated through the system type therapist or you're kind of in this diasporic like where we live um and uh it seems like what you're doing is is in the middle like it's found this ground where you can do both things uh, and, and be accepted kind of but um it's not common it's not the common thing it's not like mm -hmm. a household like somatics oh yeah of course somatic sex therapy or yeah. sex education yeah well, um, almost every time people are like what did you just say <laughs> like, what was the first word <laughs> or they just like their their mind just like blanks out somatics and like oh yeah sex education that's interesting like where are you gonna teach i'm like you didn't even hear <laughs> you did not hear what i said <laughs> you just let them <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah i definitely yeah. Just let them. <laughs> it's like this that's like the angels <laughs> going like we are sparing you this conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> They must have blocked out somatic for a reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a have you guys messed around at all with the Counter Draconis, the geomantic figure? No, I don't. I geomancy isn't my thing so i don't even no idea i uh i know i've seen it and stuff but i don't really know mm -hmm. what it i mean you know it's i fuck around i fuck around with like the geomancy the line on the bottom and then the three dots on top of it or the there's, two dots there's two draconis right yeah there's caput and there's cauda uh, yeah someone someone was saying that they're they actually referenced the north and south node yeah mm -hmm. yeah which would mean that they're also rahu and ketu yeah, mm -hmm. which is interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the there there's like this around like thinking. I've I've been doing this thing lately, or been like experimenting with uh like kind of sending like a prayer. I don't I don't really know what to call it, but like uh conjuring Cauda Draconis. Anytime I've uh, had like a repeating like intrusive thought or like shame pattern pop up in my body, because I had. Because Counter Draconis, the way that I um, that I have experienced it is like 
it's the ending of something but it's not like the kind of end to a thing where like you could turn around and like maybe like go back like you've walked through the door you have burned down to, down the door it is in ashes you cannot go back like it is it is over forever and um when i was meditating with it i found a lot of hope in that for things like shame patterns and intrusive thoughts because it was like i sat in the possibility of a world where it's like you never have that intrusive thought ever again not like in six months I'll have to revisit this or like maybe in 10 years I'll be triggered again and it'll pop up. It's like, no, for the rest of your existence, never again does this pop up. And <clears throat> there was so much excitement behind that for me. <clears throat> and I've been trying to figure out, I've been having like different ideas come in around how to work with Counter Draconis with that. But for the most part right now, I'm kind of just trying to like, I don't know, feed them to Counter Draconis or like... Just well, anytime I notice one, I'm bringing it in. It's arguably the whole practice you're doing is that because you're the whole like this, it's the release and ending of that's why you, you're it's these things you're storing in your body that you're you're not, uh, well, it's not necessarily your the work you're doing, but but it's part of the larger discussion. Like, the, mm -hmm. our whole discussion is basically that symbol, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. these things that you're storing in your body and they need to need to finish their process so that you can let them go and not worry about it so it's it's very apropos to to the work you're doing and everything not getting bound up in these old these old things that mm -hmm. yeah uh granted i don't know i'm not like <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in just my you know armchair knowledge thing of of this stuff but like if rahu is associated with the north node and then the south node ketu is associated with uh is it maga or just the pitri either way it's that nakshatra that it's associated with which is the star of which is regulus like hmm. so the south nodes there's like this weird way that like Regulus in the South Node and the ancestors of humanity are all connected through that. Hmm. At least that's what I'm I've been picking up on, which it's really interesting because I've been doing a little bit of uh, work like with Maga or with the and with the Pitri. And it's like the little bit that I've read, it seems like in Vedic astrology, Rahu is who brings new desires. Mm hmm. So like the window of an eclipse can bring um, desires that that like and this is horrible fortune in Buddhism because it uh, it can lead to many more incarnations. Like if you don't fulfill that as a desire in this lifetime, because uh, you'll be you'll be fucking chasing it. Mm -hmm. So the idea of like worshiping Rahu is like please don't dump any more surprise desires on me that are going to like keep me bound. Uh, but conversely, the again, the little bit that I've read, but that the Pitri and Maga being associated with Ketu and Ketu being like this, the end of those things, uh, the end of those desires. So there's this interesting, um, I've kind of been working with both and things have just gotten a lot better since I started working with the nodes. Um, it's weird. 
and I, I haven't even really been doing that much timing wise for it. It's just kind of been like a, I'm recognizing you these two points of existence and these beings that are associated with them and how those uh, kind of land in my life. And there's been this interesting thing like that in conjunction with working with the Buddhist saint is like through the, the 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 node practice, I'll get these little windows where I'll be going through the day and there'll be a, a sense of discomfort. And then it'll be like a little uh, 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 and you'll get like a, I'll get like a glimpse like into the core of the issue to where I can actually name it. Like mm -hmm. you can you can like describe what it is. And if I can do that, then I can ask the Buddha saint I work with to come and help me release it. Uh, so there's this interesting like helping me pinpoint between the nodes, like finding this thing and then uh, like helping it out the door. Uh, but then there's the desires that are like not the kind of desires that it's almost like the those are the things that have been imposed upon you or are almost I don't want to say unnatural, but like a little bit more shallow or something mm -hmm. and like. It seems like every time I have like a good session doing some do some of that stuff, then like a new deeper thing kind of arises and it's like, oh my God, I actually love this random thing that I'd forgotten about. I think that's crazy. It's like you actually have to clear out the space before you can. Um, but that feeling that comes with like a desire I'd forgotten about or something I love that I'd forgotten, it feels like um, like bumping into yourself when you were a child. Mm-hmm. Like you you it's a remembering of what you are rather than like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot a lot of the desire work that I have done has felt more like remembering rather than like acquiring some brand new knowledge that I was unaware of. Which is exactly how uh that's so funny. That just triggered. Uh, that's how Chris Bledsoe describes his UFOs, his like contact experiences. It's like it's a it's a remembering of of something. It's not like somebody telling you for the first time. Hmm. I think Crazy. that might just be a good gauge to know, like, if you're onto something. It's like, are you hmm. remembering? Or are you learning? Mm -hmm. I've been um, I've been playing with this this idea that um, uh, there's a book called Existential Kink. I don't know if you've heard of it. You have. Who's it by? Oh, I forget her name. Um, I'd have to look it up. I can't remember her name. It was interesting because it I came along. It. I came along when I had already. I had kind of come. I was kind of coming to this approach anyway, which is, a, it's a kind of, it's, there's an idea where you take, say if like everything in my life is exactly what I want, including the negative things. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the negative things, like one of the things she says is like, I think it's something that effective is like, um, appearance is evidence of wanting meaning like if it is in your life there is some part of you that wants that in your life right mm -hmm. um uh so 
with this, it's like you you try to examine that thing. Like if you have like a negative reaction to it, you try to go deeper and see like what is like there's probably some fucked up part of me that actually wants to experience that. Mm-hmm. And if it's really something that you don't want in your life, like consciously, but unconsciously you're still seeking it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what, what we've been talking about. It's like, you want to release that. So that then that energy isn't tied up anymore and you're not going to continue seeking it. And it, and this kind of goes back to like what you're talking about, Rev, where like, you're 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 you seek you really want to do something you really want to do something you really want to do something and you achieve it and then it's like well that didn't i didn't really because what you actually wanted was the seeking you Mm. wanted that irritation of the thing being away from you that's Mm -hmm. actually what you want you don't actually want the thing you want that that like shitty like grindy sensation of wanting the thing um but if you can if you can satisfy that you can actually enjoy the thing that you have versus enjoy, like secretly enjoying the want of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, this has just been sort of like a really, I've been working with this a lot and I'm finding it's, it's very, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like you're trying to ruin cool. the economy to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I want. No. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like there's a cool opportunity there for like, um, for letting yourself want that kind of like grind too. And just like being honest with yourself instead of lying to yourself. Instead of, yeah. and, And like, you don't have to be like, well, that's like, that's, that's a dumb desire. And you should instead be happy with like, what's in front of you it's like no it's okay to want to like manically fall down a rabbit hole and like stay up for 24 hours working (laughs) on a thing but just be honest with yourself about wanting that and then do it yeah like digging your feet in and gritting your teeth with a sparkle in your eye (laughs) yeah that's part of like that i i that kind of stuff like is also part of the ecstasy of being alive and it's also Mm. part of the thing that fascinates angels is like the true desire to do that they're like this is like like could be considered like horrible but it's so exciting and so ecstatic like more of this more of this <laughs> well i mean there's there's also like people respect you more if you worked hard at something versus if it just came easily so mm-hmm. there there is sort of a weird like illusion to like uh i i mean i think i think so much so that even like famous pop stars always have some bullshit struggle story attached to them, even if it's complete nonsense. Like that's always got to be a part of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I had a when I was fifteen, I I my camp was really bad, and but then you know once my dad bought me the record contract, everything was okay. But it was really hard for that that summer, that one summer that I did. Um, I got rejected so many times until dad bought the label for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting what you're saying about the uh, Cauda Draconis, because uh, what Kurt was just saying like the other day when we were on a call was like something about a command in the gateway tapes that does essentially the say it's like a dissolve command or something. Oh, where you just like it breaks it down and you like reintegrate the energy. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, it's in the, they're specifically like the scene creation subset. Um, and for people who don't know what the hemiseq types are, they're like, there's this guy, Robert Moreau, who's wrote all of, uh, all the fame, the whole idea of the out of, out of body experience that comes from this guy. And he was actually, uh, deep into, uh, uh, he was like, he worked in the radio, uh, broadcasting industry. And so he was like very into the technology of, uh, sound waves and what it does to the mind and everything. So he developed a whole system that was like basically the concept of binaural beats come from this guy. Um, I don't know if he invented them, but he like, he popularized them and his whole thing. He did the research the, to make, to prove that they work too. Right? Work. Yeah. And so they, they're, it's basically like a really impressive, immediate uh, meditation entrainment tool set is really what it is. And in it, they, they will give you like certain commands that you can then like access uh, with like just a breath. Like you inhale, you say the command in your head and you exhale. And so I've found that that particular, they have one that's also like create, but the dissolve one, particularly in working with these sorts of things has been very valuable and bringing up like, like questioning myself, finding that, like that shadow desire. And then like, do I really want this or not? It'd probably be better if like, I, I, this is actually resistance. And like, I'd, I'd much rather not have this resistance in my life. And then mm -hmm. dissolving that, and what's it, and like it remains to be seen how effective this is going to be. But it it's it's been really interesting because like if I try to revisit it, it's like there's no energy to it. Mm -hmm. So so something is being resolved in that process. Um, yeah. Cool. It's so I, like liberating when you go back to that kind of stuff. You're like, I feel there's nothing there anymore. That's yeah. just that's just like an object. Okay, cool. <laughs> i will get like giggles up well in me like like <laughs> like like this like lightness you know mm -hmm. <clears throat> lately i've been thinking about the word enlightenment as just meaning like dropping dead weight mm -hmm. yeah getting lighter literally yeah. getting lighter yeah <laughs> you just do that forever until there's nothing less to, left to do then you're <laughs> like <laughs> i think that's kind of that is kind of what it is <laughs> and then you get bored and you hook onto someone else's desire and you come back and you do it again <laughs> no let me get a sip of that karma girl <laughs> <laughs> yes it's i mean i'm <laughs> everything i read about like i'm like oh yeah the cities right the, those are like the magical things that you're supposed to attain that like are markers for different and you're not supposed to attach to them but i'm like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> wait does it count if i also know they're illusion yeah they're also illusion the whole thing's illusion i still want it to be better <laughs> i'd rather have my illusion have less suffering can we do that <laughs> See, that's interesting because that brings up something interesting for me. Like there have been times in my life I've I've almost always been aware that it's all bullshit. Like that it's all it's all just like stuff stacked on top of stuff. And if you get to the bottom of it, there's not really anything. So like there have been times in my life where I've really poured myself into something, knowing that it's all vanity. And just like 
allowing an obsessive nature to happen because I'm like, well, I don't have any motivation to do fucking anything otherwise. Like I honestly don't feel comfortable in a, in a body. Like I don't like the mortal experience after years of practice and experiences in altered states of consciousness. And even when I was younger, I was like a psychonaut. <clears throat> I feel better. I feel most at home when I'm disembodied. Like when I'm this weird octopus shape that can just take forms at random, like I'm some kind of like shape-shifting weird spirit before I was human. And it, I don't much care for being in a human body. Like it just, there's so many things about it that I'm like, this isn't my natural state. And maybe that's true for everyone, but I'm, I feel like I'm like really aware of it sometimes, but something like this movie, like really helps to, take the edge off of that and mm, be like mm -hmm. but but as far as like desire goes like there are things like it's like scaffolding like you can allow yourself to take on desires that you like know are fleeting or temporary or something that it's like oh but it's like what else am i doing like i'm not if you're not like compelled beyond reason if you didn't have like some if your kids weren't killed by the joker or if your parents weren't killed by like the Joker and you have this like arch nemesis situation, you, you know, you need like those kinds of things. That's how story is made. And that's kind of what life is about. But like at a certain point and doing like releasing, you're kind of like, well, what do I, what do I do? But mm -hmm. the, the thing that I noticed happened to me is like when I was a kid, I took on a bunch of those things because it was like, well, you need to be about something you're here. Mm -hmm. uh, and then forgot that I just took them on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 25 years later like oh i actually can just ah let go of that thing it's it's wild like the that's also described in the idea of taking on someone else's karma to reincarnate is like the danger is you can forget that that's what you did mm -hmm. and just keep fucking going and stacking on more lifetimes and get caught up back in samsara again mm-hmm Buddhist metaphysics are so much fun. Like <laughs> <laughs> the idea of just like going round and round and and like the death process just being this detail. Um mm -hmm. more fun. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, life, life is a carnival ride. <laughs> yeah. Or a circus. <laughs> or a circus. <laughs> Man, that kid's circus was so chaotic. <laughs> When they all ran onto the floor to grab the balloons, I was like, whoa, 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 are they supposed to are they supposed to be doing that? <laughs> the performers are like, yeah, sure, whatever. Now there's kids it's, out here. Nice. It's Europe in the 80s. They're like, yeah, if you get stepped on by an elephant, it's your own fault. Like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have release forms yet. I was very nervous when she kept talking about it. she's like, I'm gonna do a trapeze performance on the full moon. She's like, no one ever survives those. Like, is she gonna die? I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, if I she know. dies, I'm gonna be really, really sad. <laughs> yeah, that it, was cool. it definitely felt like it was heading to something, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was like catching him into the thread of like the importance every moment takes when you know you're gonna die, which is something that he didn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this movie definitely, I came away from it like, maybe I should take a little bit more 
time to really appreciate the things that I can do while I'm here. Yeah, you fucking Grinch. What's your problem? <laughs> it's just mostly all this maintenance. Like, <laughs> every time I blink, it's like, oh, I have to fucking put food in this thing again? God. <laughs> Man, I love tacos, but I hate where they end up. Like, why do I got to do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like my nature is just, I just want to be nestled in the roots of an ancient tree and left alone. <laughs> I just want to be still there. That is all that's I need. It. It's like, that's the whole reason that you became a human, just so you could die. and like So decompose. I could appreciate it more? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe uh, like then the body gets like by bilocated or like, uh, you know, attached to a certain place. Maybe that's mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah, yeah, and you get to like you get your spirit then gets to like the full rest of the whole decomposition process, and that's it. So until then, you might as yeah. well just fuck around and have fun. <laughs> it also might be like after so long, you stop really appreciating your spirit existence, and you have to come go through like a difficult human life full of trauma and suffering, so that when you go back, you're like, oh, I've got a couple more millennia before I lose sight of how great this is again. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I love the idea of like you 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 die and then there's like a you're before some greater spirit that's like so and then you ask them so what was that all about and they're like we just really needed to move this soil from Iowa all the way down to Florida <laughs> and you were the best way to do it you volunteered <laughs> you may have forgot about that <laughs> it's like did you have fun you're like fuck Kind of. Like actually, <laughs> actually, your your Swiss ancestors owed a debt to some some Danish ancestors, <laughs> so we just gave them, you know, a chunk of we dirt that you. was. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we needed we needed 160 pounds of topsoil, and you just happened. <laughs> That's very generous, Kurt. <laughs> I'm like one one thirty five wet. <laughs> You got time to fatten up. <laughs> that's the thing. I want to get jacked. I want to get jacked in my 40s. Because that's when, like, like you know, if you get jacked in your 20s, you're like, then you have to keep it up or you just mm. get tubby. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, bro. I'll wait till I'm like 40, 45, then I'll get cut. <laughs> just ride it out till I die. <laughs> that's actually where they say... Uh... Most of those like strength sports, that's like where you actually peak is in your 40s and 50s, mm -hmm. 40s into 50s, I think. Yeah, grandpa strength is real. Mm -hmm. And you have like a skinny old man who just has lived enough that he can outmuscle you. There's like mm -hmm. no physical explanation. Yeah, it's like it's the, the mental fortitude that feels like Saturn. There's like the bones inside of him and like the wisdom. He's just like, no, I'm going to fucking do this. <laughs> it also might be like actually being like really aligned with those powerful ancestors mm -hmm. like uh, yeah I think there's some there is something to that I, I had a, a different psychedelic actually it was the same psychedelic experience I was ta talking about earlier where I, I bilocated with I'm not sure if it was an ancestor or if it was like a past life or something, but it was as a very old man. Mm. who was kind of like this 
this wise person of the tribe and there was us like and my body actually took on the shape of him like being very like hunched over and like kind of like crooked neck but the the feeling was this like immense power through density mm. like that through the, the age it just like focused and concentrated him as a person so that like his very being was like it was almost like a diamond he had been like mm. compressed through time and i was like okay this is i can i can deal with like if this, this is if this is old age this is actually kind of awesome <laughs> yeah, that's cool that's very cool that's <clears throat> interesting that's sort of the vibe i get when i say the like om pitri bio namaha like for the pitri the ancestors mm. uh, mantra mm-hmm. it's uh it's that like stable and dense and like yeah i crave it <laughs> <laughs> It's what plants crave. <laughs> Do you think that it's right some, somehow oh, kind of like a like a distillation of like desire into this like very concrete and like sure thing where you don't have like ghosts or other like entities being like, but what about this? What about this? You're like, no, dude. Do you see this rock? This is it. This is what it's about yeah. for me. Get the fuck away from me and my rock. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. The fluttering doubts, like they they don't want to land on the rock. Yeah. Well, if you if you think about that too, that that is being very that is having the desire and the present moment like completely aligned. Mm-hmm. Like there's you're not there's no distraction by anything else to dissipate. It's mm-hmm. like all there, like present. Mm-hmm. I just I, I was like I want a rock like that, and immediately the like thought it was like bro it's your heart like an eye roll <laughs> like you already have one <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's always amazing that like the most advanced spiritual shit is always like yeah there's this book in the third grade you probably read that had everything in it <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> When Everything a child... else is everyone getting distracted by like, well, how does it like work though? So I can like write an angel taxonomy book, you know? <laughs> like that's not important. Already too adult. When a yeah. child was a child. What part of that do you not understand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that that is so uh I everyone experiences through trauma like some form of, you know, consciousness fracturing. <clears throat> but uh in some more extreme cases, it's like really a whole lot of fucking work to be able to have like your thoughts reined in that you're present at all like to be Mm -hmm. actually present Mm -hmm. and and even more work to then let desire unfold from that place Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah your your body has to become like a safe site for settling and so that you can then upwell like through your body because if you're if you're not like in your body and feeling safe to come back to your body there's no way that your desire can then like up well like out and through you and that's that's it works like that with spirit contact too like if you're saying a conjuration and you're like bouncing off of the reflections you read in books about that spirit and like what you might expect or what you're afraid of or all those things like you're already clogging the channel Mm -hmm. Uh, you're already like trying to force things out there but um it's interesting. Go ahead. The angels were very patient with me when that was happening to me. They're like, "We'll wait, <laughs> we're right here, whenever you're ready." 
<clears throat> it's interesting what you're saying too. You almost have to access like the divine masculine in yourself to calmly and confidently create this space for the the feminine to then like emerge and and take that i i, I very much think of that pace that isn't forcing things as like a feminine mm -hmm. current um you're open but that doesn't mean you're like i i often think vulnerable is a, a shit word that like most of the time when it's used it's like because like an open heart chakra isn't vulnerable at all you're actually pretty much invincible when you're like your heart is glowing Mm -hmm. it, it means that like all the the things that can actually pull the rug out from under you cannot get to you um it would take physical force right like mm -hmm. but <laughs> even then you just like flop with the rug and find <laughs> your way back to center <laughs> <laughs> and just turn your body into the shape of something that catches a bullet yeah you're like whatever <laughs> that was kind of fun can we do that again <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to start saving a like a really baller question for the last few minutes of the show so that it ends on like a really cool note rather than like how it always does where it's like the the gaps between talking get get longer and then it's like okay it's been over two hours <laughs> you should just like have a thing where it's like when it gets to around two hours i'll be like oh by the way boom. <laughs> okay well workshop, are, are, workshop are you push. what's your question oh i said i said i'd like to i know well you could you could we can workshop one <laughs> okay we can workshop do it I vote I vote we just stare at each other on Zoom for five minutes straight without saying anything. <laughs> just feel the vibes. <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna do the question, but we gotta the rest of the show's in, in sign language. <laughs> hmm. So I imagine with work like that. Like, I mean, I genuinely can't imagine doing work like that. Like, I it's completely outside of my my reality, but like, um, experientially. But I can already like see how like a lot of those techniques would be really valuable in relationships. Um, is that something that like are you catering to individual clients on that level as well, or are you? I mean, are you? how am i how am i saying this like if you did a course where like people could show up and just like learn about this stuff and try it on their own um that seems like that would be something i would love to to join in mm -hmm. on um rather so so like you're you're looking at doing that on top of doing the like one-on-one -on -one stuff yes yeah yeah i i've had a the what what I am going to do, here we go. This is this is the way to make this actually happen. What I'm going to do is set up a like introduction to somatics course. Part of the dream that I have for that is that it um have like a piece of it tailored specifically to folks who uh work with spirits as like, hey, this is how some of your spirits might be trying to talk to you. So that's why you should be interested in doing this particular work. 
And it can also help you like unpack childhood stuff, unpack trauma, make you a better communicator in relationships with people. Because then like it's a little weird to do at first, but um, when I don't have words to describe a feeling, it's very helpful for me to be like, my heart feels like it's just squeezing right now. And that's what I have to contribute to the conversation. Maybe kind of like unpack or try to extrapolate from there. But I'm like, that is how I can share my feeling with you right now. Is my heart is squeezing. But um, yes, I do want to have a um, like introduction to somatics course for wizardy and not wizardy people. But I think it's it's helpful uh, for everybody that has a body. Yeah. What that, about, oh go ahead okay. oh that that alone is actually pretty interesting to like what you're talking about like instead of instead of like trying to formulate or or like create words for any for the experience to just say hey i'm this is happening to me right now yeah um d- when you do that how do how do people react to it um, I uh, mostly have done it in I've done it in spaces in like a somatic class where people like they they were ready for it and they got it. Um, and I have been communicating with my partner in that way after I like kind of told them I was like, this is something that I want to try and like bring into conversation. And there has been a little bit of dance around like sometimes it'll be like, why do you feel like why do you think you feel that way? And I'll go, I don't know what I do know is that there's squeezing happening inside of me or like there's like part of me that feels like it's been like blown open or um <clears throat> yeah different d- different kinds of just like sharing sensations and I found that in having conversations with them being able to say that a lot of the times there are like words or memories or things that want to be shared that do follow sharing that thing but it, it kind of creates like a, a a doorway for like even even like uh, for the most part it's been like the courage to share a thought or a feeling that I've kind of been holding on to and like tucking away that has been festering inside of me. So saying like my heart is squeezing and having that heard and received and held and I'm like and also I've been mad about like this thing for like a really long time and it's like okay uh, cool like there's a safe mm. space for this to come in. It, it's interesting because I've. I I worked with someone who who would kind of play with that stuff somewhat and try to get people to like feel into their body and it's it's sometimes it's amazing what is not actually yours. Mm-hmm. Like you're feeling something, but it's actually because the person across from you is actually mm-hmm. feeling that. Like that's actually a, something they're experiencing in themselves, and it, it has nothing to do with you. It's just you're picking up on, on what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. I, I think that would, that like for the people that have like gone through this, have they talked about how this affects then how they interact with other people? Mm-hmm. And, and do you, do you suddenly be, do you become more attuned to like people who are blind to their own, kind of like motivations or desires about things Hmm. Mm -hmm. um that it's not something that's immediately coming to mind for me as something that i've Mm -hmm. been 
tracking, but it, I also know that I, I like as someone who got like a psychology degree and wanted to be like a therapist for a while. Um, it's something that I've been trying to track in my own self to not project stories onto other people. So I've been doing a lot of like um, prompting other people. I I will prompt other people into their bodies and then listen to what they have to say instead of um, mm -hmm. like noticing like I'm picking up on this. So that must be what's happening in that other person's body, which sometimes is true. But uh, like it will instead be a prompt like I'm noticing this happening with your body. What are you noticing about that inside of yourself? So then they can share about it instead of me being like an authority on what's happening with them. Mm. You like cutting out, uh, cutting out little tiny projections is just this never ending chore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For anything. If you're a spirit worker, like mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm curious what kind of like, yeah. Um, have you had any issues with um, any kind of, like do you smudge your clients like or do mm. you deal with things after if there's any muck about you like i'm just curious what kind of because i'm personally kind of uh like trepidatious about sharing certain mm -hmm. energies with people so i'm mm -hmm. just interested in how that works yeah i i would just clean myself off i just do a cleansing uh yeah after um and kind of like just like take care of my my space and my stuff and just make sure that i have like uh more like filters on i guess than like really hard um mm. like boundaries so yeah that's filters is a great word for it Hmm. Who's your favorite angel? <gasps> All the rest are not going to be mad. You know that, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. They'll be like, whatever. That's cool. I I don't know if I have a favorite. Yeah, favorite might be, might be the wrong way to prompt us. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what, what, was there one that you you can think back that had a pretty profound like more so than the others it stood out as like the, the interaction i, I know I this is really hard <laughs> it was it was really the it was the um the amalgamation of all of the shem together that was the most like uh most i think like influential on me was like meeting all of these individual individual pieces of like one greater being and then being in relationship with like all of the individual pieces and the one that that was that was really cool for me and mm -hmm. right but they're they they all kind of like yeah they the, they've all all of the individual angels of the shem have like just always gone back into the greater Shemhame Farash. What do you feel like that even is? <laughs> no fucking idea. <laughs> right on. That's a good answer. <laughs> uh, I think if I had to describe it for someone, I'd be, like, 
they're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like uh it's like an angel name is almost just the ip address for an um archetypal idea that is structurally Mm -hmm. integral to the universe yeah yeah that's a good but it happens to be conscious yeah (laughs) i mean isn't isn't the i like the the names were derived from the longer name of god or something isn't that how it was originally so Mm -hmm. in a sense there there's of course this is like redundant like because it's everything there it's uh they're all they're different aspects are of the consciousness of god too um Mm-hmm. Which can yeah. be easily argued is just all of creation. Yeah, it's yes. just everything. That, yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's just pieces the... of everything. <laughs> <laughs> like when when angels tell you that like they can be Christian if you need them to, like that tells a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the no, for the most gave... part, they came as like a tree for me. Like anytime mm. I would be like, well, what does the being of the Shemhame Farash look like? It was extremely tree-like. Like roots all the way down and branches all the way up. Oh, hello, mm. Mother of Angels. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I seem to recall a tree goddess being very prolific. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that I think she's actually Yggdrasil t- as well. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Man, I've felt, I know we're about to the end of the show and this is totally off topic, but blowing my mind reading um, like a mixture of fairy, Norse, and then like um, Christian stuff together is all kind mm. of like, uh, like the Leosulfar, who are in like a realm that is above mm. Midgard. Mm. What does that sound like to you? Leosulfar. Lucif- yeah. Oh, it sounds the like light, Lucifer. <laughs> the light the light ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like Elfim, mm-hmm. which is straight up something that finds its way into all European fairy lore. Um <clears throat> Elfhain, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh and then like Svartelfim and like all these places kind of make sense. And then if you look into all the the medieval fairy stuff where it's like talking about them being uh like these folk sources all suggest that they were like half fallen just because they didn't fight the the fallen. They didn't like join the other angels and fight, so they just fell halfway, and that's why they're capable of good and bad. Mm. Um it's really strange. It's like actually all of this fits together really neatly. <laughs> mm. I I'm really interested in Daniel. Um, not just because, like in general, but but reading this is is interesting. Like he, because Daniel is a listed Shemhem Mefarash angel, mm-hmm. but Daniel is also a listed fallen watcher. Hmm. Same exact name, the same way that Michael is an archangel, but Mikael is that is the Hebrew spelling. Like M I K A E L is the Hebrew spelling translation. So like. <laughs> Michael that is a Shem angel is the Michael. Um, but oh. Daniel being a watcher and an angel, like it's interesting because it goes in, in the face of the taxonomical difference that is displayed in the in the text. Oh. Fun to think about, like what happened there. 
And isn't there another one that's kind of weird like that? Possibly. But I um, think it's really interesting how they that they chose Daniel for this movie because Daniel's an angel and a fallen watcher and yeah, he literally falls in the movie. Oh, it's uh it's Samael. I think cuz it's not that not that he's a watcher but he that he's also there's some people are suspicious of that one as an angel because it's also like uh i'm trying to remember how this went it's something like it's potentially like also satan or something like that there's some other like other connotation with samuel that makes some people say oh it's the you can't trust that archangel i've heard that which was not which was not my experience with it at all same i mean yeah the things he sh- the things he showed me were out of this world weird <laughs> yeah like literally out of this world weird um like that that he was a very active spirit on mars when there was a civilization there and um which is really interesting like it was like this like yeah i found my way to earth and now i'm mostly i'm good you know i'm still samuel but i'm here to help like you need something (laughs) blown up (laughs) (laughs) but sammy i wonder if that's why he he found his way into that sort of folk translation of like if he's an angel who's of a planet that's inherently destructive and warlike if if it was just some priest conjured him and was like well he's a bit rough he's probably the devil or i you know i don't know yeah it's a it makes me think it might have to do with not understanding that destructive doesn't have to be bad yeah some overly churchy interpretation of a contact experience (laughs) actually it's funny to think about cassio uh especially you know that's the that's the main companion other main angel in this film and my experience is that that angel is not even remotely fucking human. Mm. Like that's one of the weirdest goddamn ones I've, I've, I've went when I've worked with it. It it's very strange and bizarre. <laughs> he was just a shadow for me. Yeah. There was definitely like some, I think it was almost like it was like a floating pyramid or something. It was so just <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> Mine was definitely in the, the shape of a human, but it was kind of like, if you just, had a blackout cardboard stand up that mm. there was some kind of gravity to it too. I'm kind of excited to get to Samuel and Cassiel this time. Like for, for the listeners, we're scrying through the angels again as a group in our little discord. And that whole embodied thing has been um, very prevalent through all. Yeah. The- like we did yeah. Raphael last week, and for me, Raphael just showed up as I was like waiting for some kind of communication, and instead it was like, "Oh, you're a three dimensional object that's inside of my body, and we're moving like this now, and you're showing me that the body is just a spaghetti junction of spirits, like it's just a place where spirits entangle. That's what the body is, mm-hmm. and." It's just a lot of that stacked on a lot more of that. <laughs> and he was like, if there's something wrong with your body, find that spot and follow it back 
to what inspired that to exist inside the human in the human body in the first place and address that relationship. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing I love about angels is like feeling free to share those messages because there are like plenty of spirits where it's like, mm, that's just for me. But there's this feeling of like, almost like singing when you share a message that an angel has given you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, your answer about about my question um, makes me reflect back on on my experience with them, and it, and it it is it is a similar thing. Whereas what stands out to me is the the breadth of the journey and the sense of like this is all building to um, uh, like clearing a path. It's almost mm-hmm. a feeling I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're good little cheerleaders for being it's like first of all we're gonna figure out what it is that you actually want to be walking towards so that this isn't a waste of your time and then as soon as we do that we're just gonna keep reminding you what it is that you actually want to be doing every time you come talk to us so so they they just get just get annoyed by them It's annoying only if you're not being honest with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes me think about the process of becoming a saint and and uh, the Greek Orthodox tradition, which is basically just you can boil it down to just being so annoying that God just brings you into heaven. Because <laughs> it's because like their whole thing is like it's it's the same journey with the with the Buddha actually in a weird way, right? Because they're just like they pray incessantly. And then, like, a miraculous thing will show up to them. And then they're just like, you're the devil. And then they keep praying. <laughs> it's, it's basically what it is. Like, so so there's always this, like, uh, yeah, he's, he saw an angel. And he was like, he revoked it. He was like, that's not true. It's false. It's the devil. It's just kidding. And it's basically, and, like, reading this, I'm like, oh, so you're just so fucking annoying that God's finally like, just shut up. Here, come on. We'll <laughs> bring you in here so I don't have to fucking listen to you bitch. <laughs> 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 i mean that's one way to not get stuck on the cities yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying they're like i don't want him get out <laughs> they're like i'm trying to tell you you have the power to cure cancer now and he's like no <laughs> Devil. Devil. <laughs> you're just a distraction from the path <laughs> <laughs> he's up there he's still annoying. he's like oh, this weepy fuck just this game <laughs> I think weepy fuck is one of my favorite ways to degrade someone now it's <laughs> 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 like someone honest enough and vulnerable enough to let their feelings out he's like weepy fuck like, it's so, so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea that God is saying that is even funnier. <laughs> yeah, I don't make mistakes except you. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> gonna have to start a new a whole new infallibility campaign <laughs> well um it's been a good bit over two hours now and uh yeah do you have anything you want to anything upcoming or anything you want to plug i'll obviously make you send me links and fill them show notes but Yes. So I'm still streaming Geomancy on Twitch every Thursday at 5 p.m. PST. Uh, my username is Planet Destroyer 54 which I'll also I'll send you that, that link. Um, my If anybody is interested in ancestor somatic ritual healing stuff, I'm also trying to figure out, I'm working out a way to do it virtually. Um, if anybody is interested in being a guinea pig for that, uh, there's a contact form on my website, um, and you can email me if you're if you're curious about that. Um, if you're interested in booking, I'm taking clients, like I'm booking clients for somatic sex education sessions. Most of the time, they've been uh, like virtual like coaching sessions where we'll kind of talk through um, your goals. Um, and kind of workshop some like different somatic practices and then there's like little like homework for you to do and then we'll come back and we'll talk about like what your experiences were with that stuff um if you're in the oregon area i'm also taking clients in person so you can reach out to me and we can get something arranged for that i think mm -hmm. i think that's it I'm, I'm on instagram if you want to look at pictures of my self-suspension art performance stuff there's also there's pictures of that on instagram which i can also give you the the link for Mar Mar marissa.gambaruti is that and if you follow me uh she's on my friends list and that's easier yeah there you go <laughs> um and I, I would like to mention again i know i mentioned on that little like short sermon thing i put out which hopefully there will be more of those in the future if no one minds me speaking very slowly because i don't like to do things scripted i like to just talk um but uh we are taking questions like if you listen to this and you have questions about stuff we talked about or about the film or you just want to like if you want to be a guest whatever email us at the only real soapbox podcast at gmail.com the only real soapbox there are like 30 of them so the only real soapbox podcast at gmail.com and um damn thank you so much for coming and i mean obviously it's just fun for us to catch up with our friend but like i feel like a lot of this was really valuable and the small group of really loyal listeners that we apparently have uh i think we'll get a lot out of this and like really appreciate you coming yeah, thanks for hitting me up. The movie was also fantastic, so thank you for turning me on to that. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, I knew. I mean, I knew you would, but fuck, it's it's a gem. It really is. I'm curious about seeing his other stuff. Uh, I know yeah, famously is... Paris, Texas. I think is there's a sequel you said to this too. Yeah, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably have to dig that up too. Right on. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. I ain't plugging shit.
Fuck y'all. <laughs> if you want to hire Kurt, he does uh, children's books and comics and any kind of illustrations. Uh, KurtHuggins.com. Hire him or you're an idiot. Or just give me money. You don't have to. I don't have to work. You can just give me. Just money. give any That's of fine. us money. Yeah, just give I'll us make all sure, money. You know, what, I'm gonna I'm gonna include the donate button in the show notes as well. And this time we'll split it three ways. If we get anything for this episode, we'll split it with Marissa. <laughs> just make sure there's like minimum donation one hundred dollars. <laughs> one hundred. Okay, I guess. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're really gonna value ourselves that low, Kurt. Come on, we're worth. Uh, yeah, oh, you're right. <laughs> It's not like it's not like we're listening to my peasants. <laughs> Favor of kings, bitch. <laughs> the podcast of champions. <laughs> is it a podcast or is it a three-way stream of consciousness? <laughs> All right. Love you listeners. Love you guest and co-host. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> Bye. Remember love. That's all it is. It's t- you got a question? It's love. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>